Welcome to What's Your Real Job? If you're in ministry, you've likely heard that question more than you'd like. In this podcast, we discuss all things ministry, the struggles, the triumphs, and even the annoying questions. I'm your host, Rosa Wuku. Let's jump right in. Hey, everybody. So welcome to today's episode. It is Tuesday right now, which is a day that I always try to upload an episode. And I didn't um, record this yesterday. So I'm just sitting in here. And, and, you know, this morning, I was kind of just thinking even what I wanted to talk about. I feel like there's so many different things that we can discuss. But like always, I do want to start uh, with just like an update on what my church is doing right now and kind of how we are navigating things with you know, the pandemic and all that kind of stuff, um, you know, with, with all this going on, I know every church looks different and, and, you know, people are, some people started a while ago, you know, having in-person services again, some people still are not. And so, um, I think that all of those, you know, you just have to do what you have to do. And so, um, kind of our update, we did start in-person services this past weekend, Um, and it actually went really well. I'll be honest. We had a lot more people than I had anticipated. Uh, not that I was being negative, but you know, coming out of three months of not having in-person services, I really kind of expected it to maybe take time to build back up and, and it wasn't a hundred percent, but you know, we, we were, um, really doing pretty well. And so that was, that was good. Everybody was excited. I mean, they came in with a real fresh excitement. And so I really feel like to encourage you worship pastors and, and any type of pastor out there that um, really, I think that for us and what I'm seeing is this was a really good reset for people. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, I that, that you know, it's good that this is happening. And, and it's so sad that there have been, you know, these deaths and, and just people have been really sick. And so I'm not saying that was good. But I do think you know, on the flip side of it, if only we could have done this without there being, um, you know, a virus involved. I think it really was a good reset for so many people. And I think it was, um, you know, kind of a reminder um, of how, you know, exciting corporate worship is. And, and hey, I'll be honest, I loved online services. We were doing online service only. And, and probably particularly for Manny and I, we are just so passionate about online service. And so to see something that we um, have been so passionate about, have really spent so much time learning, particularly him, over the years, just be like the only option. It was really kind of like, hey, this is kind of what we have, you know, prepared for in a way. So um, really feel like God had been preparing our, you know, hearts and our minds and everything for that. And, and having a little break on Sunday mornings kind of got to feel what I feel like other people, you know, get to feel a little bit um, just like sitting and watching the service. It was really cool. But it was, um, you know, hearing everybody singing on Sunday morning and they were just really excited. It was awesome. Um, they were just really excited to be there. And so I really do think, and I'm praying over all of your churches, that it'll be a really good reset, a really good time where it's not, people are not going to fall away. I know our pastor has been saying, you know, this is going to be a time that we flourish, not that we fall back or that people, um, you know, leave. I mean, of course, you know, that happens and, and there are seasons for everything. And so, um, you know, we just, we just trust God in that, but also believing that we are just going to flourish. And so I'm praying that over all of your churches as well. Um, some practical things that we did, we did have the uh, sanitizing stations. I always want to say san- sanitation station. I don't even know if that's what they're called, but I feel like that sounds cooler. Um, but the sanitizing stations, we did have those um, set up that we that we bought and 
And so we had that um, for the kids ministry. We were taking temperatures and doing some things. So um, there were some things that our lead pastor, you know, did implement on that. And so anyway, um, yeah, like I said, it was a good crowd. Um, I think it was a good reset. But, you know, today I kind of wanted to talk just that was our little update on that. We are also still working primarily from home, by the way. Um, you know, kind of going into the office as needed right now. And so I think when you work in tech, <laughs> you know, as needed is um, depending on the week could be more could be, you know, it, it just depends on the week. And so uh, we had a little internet hiccup also. Let me tell you about that. So we ha- our stream was going great. We just got ProPresenter 7. And so our stream looked better, like, you know, better than it ever had live. I mean, our pre-recorded services were able to look like that. But before this, there was some things, you know, from not having a certain, you know, video switch or some certain uh, equipment that we need. Our live, actual live streams weren't looking like how we wanted them to look just because of lack of equipment. And so we got ProPresenter 7, which has so many cool, you know, things that come along with it. We were able to put the lyrics on the screen and do different things, you know, on the actual stream. So it was just literally like a dream of mine. Like I, you know, I grew up in a church that had that stuff, but it's really, you know, so expensive to, um, to implement all of this. And so, um, it was just really, really cool. We got ProPresenter 7 and, uh, you know, got that upgrade, the update. And so ended up using that this past Sunday. It was our first time using it and it went great um, until our internet at the church just randomly stopped working, like right as our lead pastor started preaching. And it kind of started as he was still in like his introduction and was kind of still joking around, you know, and so, okay, if we can get this back up, you know, before he actually starts the message, it'll be fine for when we edit and post later. And then the computer froze up. So it was just one of those moments, like if you work in tech, it was just like, why, you know, of all times, but it ended up working out. And later on when Manny edited the sermon to post later, because we always post the sermon, you know, in and of itself later on, on our YouTube channel uh, for the church. And so, um, you know, when he edited it later, it actually went together perfectly and you would have never even known that that happened. So it was like, God really orchestrated that. Um, but it was super cool. I mean, it was just the perfect edit and it was like perfect time. So anyway, hopefully the internet doesn't do that again because, you know, good internet is so necessary and it had been doing really good. So I don't know what's going on, but we always, you know, pray, pray over our internet (laughs) because you never know. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was a good day, you know, it was, um, it was just, it was, it was, it was different. It was weird to be there on a Sunday morning early. I mean, it had literally been three months, so it was very different, but, um, it was a good day and people were really excited and, um, you know, try to, families were trying to sit, you know, together and that kind of thing and just being mindful of that. But so anyway, um, I kind of want to talk today. I've, I've said before, you know, we do devotionals in our staff meetings on Mondays and we rotate, you know, who does it? It'll be like each of us, each staff member does it, but it's just in a rotation. So um, I was yesterday and I honestly kind of for a little bit didn't really know what to do. You know what I mean? And, and so it's kind of even different when it's just like a group of pastors. Like I know that I mean, there's not really anything I'm going to probably teach them, but I think that it's such a, and I mean, we, we can still learn as pastors, don't get me wrong, but sometimes I feel like, well, what am I going to teach, you know, these pastors? Um, and so, and I know you guys probably feel that way sometimes too, but really it's not about teaching. It's just kind of, even for myself, like when I read the word, things are constantly, you know, kind of jumping out to me that maybe I didn't even notice before. 
And so I kind of started to think, what God's been putting my heart in this season with, you know, the things we've been seeing so much, this racism that we've been seeing just really uh, come to the surface a lot. I mean, it's always been there, but I think, you know, it's more broadcast than ever before and things like that. And unfortunately, it's just, it's so disgusting and it's so sad. And it's something that I am so passionate about ending and standing up against. Um, But as we think about that, you know, we kind of think, well, how can we help people? How can we encourage people? How, what can we do as Christians, as leaders, as pastors for people? And I think sometimes it's kind of our natural, um, you know, gear as, as pastors, as leaders, just if you have that leadership mentality, um, it's kind of our natural gear to want to preach at somebody, right? We kind of just want to be, you know, preaching at them. This is how you should act. This is how you should feel. You know, we kind of have all these things we want to say to people and sometimes we're right and sometimes we're not. But, you know, I, I kind of always go back to the ministry of Jesus and the way that he led his ministry. And if you read about Jesus and you really deeply read, I mean, I'm not saying to skim over it. If you really go in depth into the gospels and, and you read the miracles that he did and all of this kind of stuff, there's so much more than just what you see on the surface kind of beneath that. One show that I love to watch is called The Chosen. And I know they have it on like an app. I think now they might even have it on Pure Flix. But it's just, it's amazing. You can follow them on Instagram. Um, it's just awesome. They're, they're doing an incredible job with that show. And it really does kind of go more in detail of, you know, kind of making these people in the Bible, Jesus, his disciples, you know, um, Mary Magdalene, like all these people. It's kind of giving them, um, you know, this whole it's showing you they were people. You know what I mean? And I don't know if that makes sense, but it's really kind of giving, I can't think of the word, it's kind of giving them just this real personal feel. You're, you can really feel, you know, um, like Peter's personality on The Chosen. I really feel like would be Peter's actual personality. And I think they've really dug deep into the word and really done what I'm talking about, taken each part and really dug deep into it, looked at the historical context, looked at, you know, context, context, context. It's so important, but looked into stuff and and really kind of put together these characters that I feel like are probably very accurate. And of course, I'm sure they're putting creative twists here and there, not changing the word, but you know, you have to kind of add creative elements, but it's very biblically sound and it's just really, really, really good. And so I feel like for me, it even caused me to kind of see it more real. Not that I didn't believe it before, but it, it became, the word of God became even more real watching The Chosen because it's like, oh, I never thought about that. I bet, I bet he did feel that way. You know, I'm sure he did, you know, get upset in that moment or whatever it might be. So it kind of gives them more of a human, uh, gives you more of an understanding that they were, you know, people and that they dealt with the things we deal with. And so um, I kind of loved to read the, the story of Jesus and the way that he dealt with people, the way that he talked, the way that he stood up for what was right. And, and he's just obviously the most incredible person in history. Um, but the part that I love, is, this is when Jesus, you know, is on his way to do a whole different miracle. And he stops to heal the woman with the issue of blood. Now, I know most of us know this story. You know, he's going to heal um, a little girl and um, he's, he's on his way. 
And this woman, you know, it's it's the whole story where she touches his garment. He notices somebody touches him. He's like, who touched me? And they're all like, hey, you know, it's a big crowd. Who knows who touched you? You know, and he's like, no, somebody touched me with faith. And so then he heals this woman. And there's just so many parts of this story that I could dive into because it's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. I think it's so powerful and so incredible. I mean, she wasn't even supposed to be there. It was just, you know, the whole big thing. Um, But anyway, The Chosen also covers um, covers this, I believe. Um, I'm not sure if they did. I feel like they did. But anyways, so... Anyway, you know, he stops and he says that, well, he ends up healing this woman. You know, he tells her that today she's been healed and it's so incredible. And that's usually kind of where we stop. But I love that in Mark 33, this is in Mark that that this whole story is. In Mark 33, the woman that he had just healed, it says in Mark 33 that she gave him the whole story. That's the message translation. But any translation pretty much, you know, says that she's told him her story, that she told him about everything, you know, whatever it is, however it's worded, it all means the same thing, right? So she gave him the whole story. And I think that that's so incredible because Jesus was on his way to perform a miracle. And in our own human minds, we're kind of like, bro, you ain't got time for this. You know, (laughs) like we got to go. Um, And so in our own human minds, we think that. And I feel like even in our own ministries, how often have I been so busy, so busy trying to do the ministry, so busy trying to do the work that I don't stop to listen. And so I think that, that what God is really putting on my heart in this season is how good are you listening? You know, how well are you stopping and listening to somebody's whole story? You know, how often are you standing there and and listening to the story and not just trying to get to the next miracle, not just trying to get to the next person, not just trying to get to the next song, not just trying to make it through a Sunday and hopefully get to next week, you know, and try to push through and get in survival mode. But how often are you stopping and listening to the whole story? And I think it's so, so powerful and so incredible. And you see this over and over in in Jesus's ministry. And so he not only did he take the time to heal this woman, but he took the time to listen. You know, there's that quote that people always say that I love. People will never care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think it's it, that so exemplifies just the story of Jesus that he showed people that he cared before he did anything else. He showed, even the Bible talks about how Jesus operated in compassion before he did anything else, that everything he did was really driven out of compassion for people. And I think sometimes, you know, as humans, and we miss, uh, and on our flesh, we miss the mark there. And so, you know, he didn't stop and tell this woman, well, you know, and you need to do this and you need to do that and you need to act this way. And he didn't just start preaching. I don't know there was a time for that. You know, he did, of course, preach the gospel, greatest preacher of all time. But he he essentially stopped and listened to her and giving her his time was honestly more valuable than giving her his words or his sermon. Um, your life preaches the greatest sermon you'll ever preach. The way that you respond to people and the way that you react in situations and the way that you act in compassion or the other side, the way you don't, uh, that's what preaches the biggest sermon in your life. And that's bigger than any song. And, and so I also love in Psalm 116 too, it even says, because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. And it just, again, goes, the Bible goes out of its way to let you know that God cares, 
to let you know that God is bending down and he's listening to you. He's taking his time, again, giving you his time, and he's listening to you. And, I, you know, God doesn't listen for himself. That's what's always blown my mind about it. God literally knows everything you're going to say. So in our own minds, we're like, why I got to say that for? You know, he knows what I want. He knows what I need. He knows what I'm thinking. He knows what I'm mad about, what I got to say it for. And in a, in a sense, I see where you're coming from with that. But he listens because we need we need to be heard. You know, God doesn't listen because he needs to he needs to hear what we have to say because he knows it. But he listens because we need to be heard and we need to be, um, you know, recognized and we need to be seen. And we have this desire for that. And he loves to hear us speak. He loves to hear his kids talk to him, you know. And so how does this kind of go with our leadership? I think Jesus was and is the greatest leader of all time. And I think that there is no better leader to watch the actions of than Jesus Christ. He truly is the world's greatest leader. And so we look at just the little details of things that that are kind of weaved into the Bible. It feels like, why is that even there? That's just a filler. Nothing in the Bible is just a filler. I truly believe that he, um, that God has inspired all that for a reason. And I think that's why it's so incredible. We keep reading the Bible. Different things keep popping out to us because that's how it was supposed to be. You know, the word of God is alive and it was, we're supposed to be learning new things about him. And he's weaved things just right to where we could never know everything. And it's so incredible and sometimes frustrating and mostly incredible (laughs) that we don't know everything. And so anyway, you know, I think it means so much to have relationship with people and leadership. Relationship is everything. There is nothing more important than relationship. Your relationship with God, your relationship with people, your relationship with your family, because that is just, you know, that's where it, it begins. You know, um, if you, you you have to work on things at home, you know, to be effective um, in other areas. And so relationship is so vital. Having relationship with the people that you're leading um, is so important and so vital. Uh, nobody cares how good you can sing if they don't like you. <laughs> nobody cares. And of course, we don't get out, you know, trying to make everybody like us. Some people won't like us. But Our goal should be that we are relational with people, that we do our best, you know, we do our best to be loving and be relational. What they do with that is their own decision, but we should try to build relationships with these people we're leading because you can get on a stage having never talked to anybody, sat in your green room all morning and not come out and never shook a hand, never smiled at a single person. And then you get on the stage and they have no connection with you. They have no connection you know, with, with you at all in a, in a personal level. So to them, it's a concert. It's not, you know, you're not leading them anywhere. They're just watching you. They don't even know you. And so I think it's really important. Nothing wrong with green rooms. We all love the green room snacks and all that kind of stuff. Been there before. But come out of there, shake hands, introduce yourself. Don't act like you're some kind of rock star that's going to get up there and, <laughs> and put on a, a concert. But really let people know that your heart is people. Your heart is them, is leading them. And pastoring people is is the most valuable part of what we do. And so um, I was listening today to Chad Veach, his um, Leadership Lean-In podcast. As I was working out this morning, I was listening to that podcast. I really like that one. It's, it's a favorite of mine for sure. And um, he was actually talking to Mike Todd, which, you know, pastor of Transformation Church, incredible, just, I mean, marketing genius. Like, he's just awesome at so many things. 
And um, they were kind of talking about the fact, kind of like what I just said, and, and it did um, bring up some things in my mind, um, that people have to like you in order for you to lead them. Like people who don't like you, or you're probably not leading very well. And again, they even said, you know, of course, there's going to be people who don't like you. We're not, that's not our main focus is just to get people to like us. But that is an entrance. You know, that's a start. If you can like me on some level, that's a start. And I know Mike Todd was kind of talking about some of the things that he does. You know, he tries to find something that they have in common. You know, it, it may just be the smallest thing, you know, that maybe they both went golfing on at a certain time in their life, you know, some random thing. And they were just starting talking about that. And, and so you kind of try to find that one common ground and really build relationship on that. People want to be seen. People, you know, especially those that are on the platform, not that we are by any means any better than anybody else because we're not just plain and simple. But when you're on a platform, people see you all the time. People know who you are. And so one thing I try to be really intentional about when I'm in Walmart, because everybody knows if you're in church leadership, I think no matter what, but especially in church leadership, if you go to Walmart, you see in the whole church. All right. So, and a lot of times you don't know who they are. Like you have no idea who these people are. So it's been like my whole life, I'd go to Walmart and somebody would say, oh, you're, you know, on this worship team or you're this worship leader or you're at this church. And, and I'm a lot of the time, like I would literally never seen you before, but I try to be really intentional when I'm in Walmart to look friendly, to look, you know, approachable. I mean, you know, I'm, you, to certain people, I mean, of course, you know, <laughs> you gotta be careful. All right. But to look approachable, um, you know, if a lady wanted to come up and, and say something about worship on Sunday, you know, I, I want that to be, I want to be approachable in that way. To be honest, I'm more of an introverted person. I love to talk, but I, you know, don't necessarily, uh, thrive on social interaction. You know, I don't need to go out. And I feel like so many people in ministry are like this. It's so funny. Such an extroverted job, very commonly taken on by introverts. And so I'm highly introverted, but I am an introvert that does have extroverted tendencies. You know, I love public speaking. I love all the stage stuff. I love, you know, that kind of thing. But I don't really thrive. I have to have a little bit of like not a big crowd, you know, to kind of reset. And so I totally understand that, but but really just looking beyond your personality type, looking beyond, I mean, all that stuff is important and it's valuable, but really trying to go deeper and really saying, okay, you know what? I'm going to try to make myself approachable in Walmart. If somebody comes up to me and, and I don't have a clue who they are, I'm going to put on this face like I do and we're going to move forward and maybe I can figure out their name sometime in this conversation, you know, and just really being approachable. Um, and so I think it's really important Um you know, again, we don't, we don't just want to be liked, but it's a good first step. You know, it's a good open door to leading people elsewhere. And so, um, I, I had this youth pastor growing up and, and I'm still, you know, really close with him and, um, we, we, we stay connected and all of that. But, um, anyway, he's the greatest youth pastor and a great church in Indiana. I've talked about it before, Heartland Christian Center, great church, but Um, he had originally, you know, I was on one of his leadership teams, you know, on the worship team and all that. And then we were on, um, something called teen core, which was a teen leadership team. And so he would always tell us to go around Sundays, Wednesdays at youth, whatever it was, and meet people and find out something about them that we could later bring up. And so what we would do essentially is we would go around and of course meet people because we, we loved to meet them and we loved, you know, um, to grow our youth group and all that and wanted to reach people. But we would go around and for example, if I met somebody, you know, let's say her name was, you know, 
Jessica. That's just a random name. I mean, I know people named Jessica, but that's not anybody specific I'm talking about. But I'd say, hey, you know, I'm Rose. She'd say, hey, I'm Jessica. We'd start talking. She would tell me that she had uh, a cheer competition the following weekend, right? So what I would do is I would make a note, you know, that, hey, Jess, her name's Jessica. Um, she has a cheer competition. You know, she's going to be doing this and she likes this. And so the following time that I saw her, if it was after that competition, I would say, hey, Jessica, how was your cheer competition? Now, so simple. I mean, how, you know, it's so easy, but I would make these notes because obviously in leadership, you're probably talking to more people than they're talking to. You know, we're trying to walk around and talk to everybody. They're talking to select few. So odds are they remember you probably honestly better than you remember them. So what we do is we write these notes, you know, hey, this person. And again, it's not just to wow somebody you know or to to shock them or anything like that it's just really because we do care and we really want people to know that we care and we don't want our forgetfulness or anything like that to get in the way of, of showing that so I remember the first time I ever went to you know this youth group First of all, a, a good friend of mine from from back home, um, she had come and we'd met on a Sunday morning and, and she'd invited me to the youth group and the youth pastor told me I could I could sing if I'd come. <laughs> they really tried to get me to come. I was really young. I was actually too young to be in the youth group anyway, but just a little bit more mature at that age and just, you know, that kind of thing. Awkward age. So anyway, um, the girl that I'm talking about, her name's Lindsay, she had come and um met me at the door and walked me in as a youth group and it just like made the biggest impact because she went out of her way to do that you know and I still remember that to this day I was so happy about that made me feel so good and then that same day she'd introduced me to another pastor there and um you know he was actually uh the junior high pastor at that time and and um you know that kind of thing so he was actually at that time he may have just been even a small group leader this is a while ago So he was leading a small group and he had invited, you know, he wanted to invite me to come and join his small group because it was the age that I was and that kind of thing. So she told him my name and he said, oh, hey. And then he walked away and it had been a little while later. He came up to me and said, hey, Rose, are you going to come to our small group or whatever it was? He said my name. And that just like, I have never once forgotten that. Like that always comes to mind. It's always why I'm intentional about using names now. I probably wouldn't be had that not happened because the fact that he knew my name told me that he cared about who I was, that he cared about me and he cared that I was there. And again, he may have gone and asked somebody. I don't know what what the thing was, but he just said it like it was normal. And he, he just said it like he really cared, really deeply cared. And they were amazing about that, still are. But you know, I, um, I really, um, just really appreciated that. And I think ever since then I have really tried to be intentional and I am not perfect, but I really tried to be intentional about saying names, calling people by name, uh, learning what they like to do and then remembering it and mentioning it later. People like to be heard. People like to be seen. And so I think that those little tiny things in your ministry can really make it take off. That's how, Um, How you connect with people is by, again, listening to their story, stopping, listening to what they like to do, what sports do they like, what music do they like, you know, Um, and you can remember one little thing that just really just blows, you know, their mind and and it just makes them feel loved and that's what we're here to do. And so um, I think it's just so important, you know, people don't care how good you can sing or, you know, anything like that if you're not relational off stage, you know, your team, your team members, your bass player, your your singers, your drummer, they do not care how talented you are. 
you know, in this area, this job, talent is not enough. A lot of people are talented, but not a lot of people can can lead others. Not a lot of people um, can, you know, lead others effectively. And not a lot of people, um, you know, can, can get on other people's level and really uh, relate to people and really bring them on this journey with them. Not a lot of people, um, you know, pastor people well you can be talented and have absolutely no pastoral abilities you know that that you're using and so pastoring people is the main thing even it starts with your team it starts with yourself um just making sure that that um you're pastoring others and so i think it's really important to make sure that we connect on a deeper level than just a song um than just you know listen to me i i can do some runs and i can sing and and i whatever um treating everybody on your team equally and as important your sound guy is so important your camera crew your production crew is so 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 important if these last three months have shown us nothing it should be that right that they are so valuable and I mean I've always known that but they've just had their time to shine and I think it's so incredible and I love that people even within the churches are are really starting to realize oh wow this is a whole team you know that that really um and oftentimes not y'all we we've been there many in many ways we're there you know we're at the one person thing so um Anyway, I just kind of want to encourage you guys to be relational. Hey, go out and just send somebody a text. Hey, how you doing? You know, remember things. Remember if their mom was not feeling well. Remember, you know, if they um, had a headache. I mean, just anything. How's that headache doing? Are you feeling better? You know, how was your doctor's appointment? Whatever it is, people want to be heard. They want to be seen. And, and so I think that that's the first step in, in unity is showing people that we care. And so anyway, I could go on and on about this and I probably will in another um, episode at some time soon. But anyway, I just want to thank you guys for listening. Um, I hope you guys have a great day. I'm praying that you're staying healthy and that your ministry is thriving. This will be a time where it will just take off more than ever before. I'll talk to you guys later. I hope you have an awesome day. Thank you for stopping by. Send this to your friends if you think it's something they would like. We'll see you later.